Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Catechism in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's plan of sure goodness for us, revealed in Scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith. The Catechism in a Year is brought to you by Ascension. In 365 days, we'll read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, discovering our identity in God's family as we journey together toward a heavenly home. This is day 163. We are reading paragraphs 1187 to 1199. It is Nugget Day. I am using the Ascension edition of the Catechism, which includes the Foundations of Faith approach. If you can follow along with any recent version of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you can also download your own Catechism in a Year reading plan by visiting ascensionpress.com slash C-I-Y. You can also click follow or subscribe in your podcast for daily updates and daily notifications. Today, as I said, is Nugget Day. We're hitting paragraphs 1187 to 1199. Actually, quite a few, right? That's uh, pretty big in brief. But um, every bullet point is just covering everything that we have covered for the last few days. Remember those four kind of key introductory questions. Who celebrates the liturgy? So in heaven and on earth, how is the liturgy celebrated? When is the liturgy celebrated? And where is the liturgy celebrated? We're looking at all four of those questions in brief in nugget form today. So as we launch into today, let's just call to mind our Father and call upon the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus as we pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We give you glory. We thank you for bringing us to this day. We ask that you please um, send your Holy Spirit to not only remind us of what you have done, remind us of what you've taught us and told us, revealed to us through your word in scripture and through your holy church. Remind us of all these things, but also fill us with insight. Give us wisdom, not just knowledge. Give us even more. Give us the practical knowledge, practical wisdom to be able to worship you well and walk with you in faith and hope and in love. We make this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I said, it is day 163. We're reading paragraphs 1187 to 1199. In brief, the liturgy is the work of the whole Christ, head and body. Our high priest celebrates it unceasingly in the heavenly liturgy with the Holy Mother of God, the apostles, all the saints, and the multitude of those who have already entered the kingdom. In a liturgical celebration, the whole assembly is liturgos, each member according to his own function. The baptismal priesthood is that of the whole body of Christ. But some of the faithful are ordained through the sacrament of holy orders to represent Christ as head of the body. The liturgical celebration involves signs and symbols relating to creation, candles, water, fire, human life, washing, anointing, breaking bread, and the history of salvation, the rites of the Passover. Integrated into the world of faith and taken up by the power of the Holy Spirit, these cosmic elements, human rituals, and gestures of remembrance of God become bearers of the saving and sanctifying action of Christ. The liturgy of the Word is an integral part of the celebration. The meaning of the celebration is expressed by the word of God, which is proclaimed, and by the response of faith to it. Song and music are closely connected with the liturgical action. The criteria for their proper use are the beauty expressive of prayer, the unanimous participation of the assembly, and the sacred character of the celebration. Sacred images in our churches and homes are intended to awaken and nourish our faith in the mystery of Christ. Through the icon of Christ and his works of salvation, it is he whom we adore. Through sacred images of the Holy Mother of God, of the angels, and of the saints, we venerate the persons represented. Sunday, the Lord's Day, is the principal day for the celebration of the Eucharist because it is the day of the resurrection. It is the preeminent day of the liturgical assembly, the day of the Christian family, and the day of joy and rest from work. Sunday is the foundation and kernel of the whole liturgical year. The church 
in the course of the year, unfolds the whole mystery of Christ from his incarnation and nativity through his ascension to Pentecost and the expectation of the blessed hope of the coming of the Lord. By keeping the memorials of the saints, first of all, the Holy Mother of God, then the apostles, the martyrs, and other saints, on fixed days of the liturgical year, the church on earth shows that she is united with the liturgy of heaven. She gives glory to Christ for having accomplished his salvation in his glorified members. Their example encourages her on her way to the Father. The faithful who celebrate the liturgy of the hours are united to Christ our High Priest by the prayer of the Psalms, meditation on the Word of God, and canticles and blessings. In order to be joined with his unceasing and universal prayer that gives glory to the Father and implores the gift of the Holy Spirit on the whole world. Christ is the true temple of God, the place where his glory dwells. By the grace of God, Christians also become temples of the Holy Spirit, living stones out of which the church is built. In its earthly state, the church needs places where community can gather together. Our visible churches, holy places, are images of the holy city, the heavenly Jerusalem toward which we are making our way on pilgrimage. It is in these churches that the church celebrates public worship to the glory of the Holy Trinity, hears the word of God and sings his praise, lifts up her prayer, and offers the sacrifice of Christ sacramentally present in the midst of the assembly. These churches are also places of recollection and personal prayer. All right, so there's the nuggets. Um, we have quite a few nuggets today. It's the it is the family pack, definitely. Um, just one quick reminder as we go through these. I love the fact you know this has been something that's been sitting with me ever since we read it a couple of days ago. The very first um, nugget, very first two nuggets really, is that who celebrates the liturgy? It is Christ, of course. It's the work of the whole Christ, head and body, and the recognition that it is Jesus Christ, our high priest, who is constantly presenting himself to the Father. He's offering himself to the Father. Now, he always did this from eternity, right? Because here's the Son pouring himself out in love to the Father, the Father pouring himself out in love to the Son, that love between them being so real. We call it the Holy Spirit. It's a whole person, a divine person. But in a unique way, right? The Son presents himself. He presents the sacrifice united with his humanity to the Father continually. And all the angels and and all the saints in heaven are part of that. They're drawn into that worship. They're drawn into that that expression, that gift, that sacrifice, that offering of love. And then we get to participate in that on earth, which is just, again, it's remarkable. It's one of those situations where just, if we could pull back the veil, and that's one of the things we're going to do during this pillar, is to pull back the veil on all that's happening in the sacraments. Because we recognize that, yes, on one level, these are just, yep, we're using water to do this thing. We're using oil for this other thing. We're praying these prayers that we all have memorized or we read out of a book. And yet they are the way in which we are participating in something that's happening that we cannot see. As we've mentioned before, the altar, right, is where time and eternity meet. It's where heaven and earth kiss. And we get to participate in this if we could have the veil pulled back for even a moment and we could see what's really happening in the sacraments. We recognize that these are not empty rituals. These are not mere Um, expressions of just prayers read out of a book or prayed out of a book. But this is a real participation in time of what's happening in eternity. This is a real participation on earth of what is currently happening right now as, as we're listening to these words, as we're hearing these words right now in heaven, all of the angels, all of the saints, the father is being glorified continually. And all the people of God are wrapped up and caught up in this love, caught up in this worship, caught up in this marriage feast, right? The scripture describes this joy in fullness of love in heaven. 
our participating in the sacraments is a sharing in this. And so uh, he doesn't feel like it all the time, obviously. (laughs) And yet, man, if we knew what was happening, our lives, the way we would approach the Lord, the way we would approach, especially the Eucharist, would be, I think, dramatically, dramatically changed. Um, One last note. We talked about the Liturgy of the Hours a couple times, and I just really do want to emphasize this reality in paragraph 1196, nugget 1196. It says, the faithful who celebrate the Liturgy of the Hours are united to Christ our High Priest. And this is this is the key again. This is one of the reasons why it's called the Prayer of the Church, because it's an extension of Christ's priesthood onto this earth. And it's a participation that even kingdom priests, right? Those who share the baptismal priesthood get to participate in. And you don't have to be in church to do this. You don't have to be at mass to do this. Yeah, obviously the mass is the highest form, the perfect form of participating in the work of Christ the high priest. But simply by praying the office of readings, morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, or night prayer, any one of those even, is a participation in the prayers and the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And so um, we can be joined, as the last part of this paragraph 1196, in order to be joined with his unceasing and universal prayer that gives glory to the Father and implores the gift of the Holy Spirit on the whole world. I know that so often we can look out at this world and say, oh my goodness, Lord, there is so much brokenness. In this world, there is so much darkness. It seems at times like evil winds. And so what do I do? Well, I can go online and take my personal megaphone and start you know, ranting. Or maybe I can even actually do some good near near me, in my family or in, in my community. That's, those are good things. I don't know about the ranting thing with the <laughs> megaphone. But, but when I run out of some of those things and like, what else can I do? Well, I can exercise my priesthood. I can exercise this participation in the priesthood of Jesus to be joined with his unceasing, Jesus's unceasing and universal prayer that gives glory to the Father and implores the gift of the Holy Spirit on the whole world. You have the capacity to do this. And again, there are so many prayer apps to be able to pray the liturgy of the hours. There's iBrevery. I love that one. It's one of my favorites. iBrevery is just, you know, I-B-R-E-V-I-A-R-Y. But iBrevery. The way to spell breviary is breviary, but just say breviary. So anyways, that's what we have today. Day 163, the Nugget Day. Tomorrow we're talking about liturgical diversity and the unity of the mystery, which on the surface might seem like, oh my gosh, what is happening tomorrow? Liturgical diversity and the unity of the mystery? No, no, no. There are so many liturgical traditions in the Catholic Church. In the universal church, there's a variety of liturgical forms and practices, and yet we're all united. And that's just a kind of a quick little article too that we're going to dive into tomorrow, actually tomorrow and the next day, but that's for tomorrow and the next day. Right now, I'll let you know. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.